We talk a lot today about the importance of recovery. If you're a longtime listener, you know that UFO's shoes are an integral part of our recovery, and we're excited to have them as one of our newest sponsors of the podcast. UFO's are the original recovery footwear brand, helping to reduce load and stress so your body can rebuild throughout the day. Often the aches and pains we're feeling in our feet, ankles, knees, and even hips can be due to not wearing supportive shoes. We wear our supportive running shoes when running, but what do we wear when we're not running? UFOs reduce shock impact on the body by 37%, making it easier for your lower body to recover faster. Plus, it just feels great to put them on after a run. Stay tuned to our podcast and social media channels this month for a chance to win a pair of UFOs. And check them out now on their website at UFOs.com. That's O-O-F-O-S dot com. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Julie. What's going on? It's going. It's Thursday, February 11th, and here we are. Are you now at the point where you're getting like memories either on from your photos on your phone or on Facebook that show what you were doing this time last year? Um, yeah, yeah. And it was like all right before everything. You know, actually what happened a year ago was our our um, our 10-year anniversary. So, yeah. you know, it's hard to imagine that um, we, that was like our last big group gathering before everything shut down. So, um, yeah, it, it's crazy. It, it feels like it was 10 years ago and also not that long ago, but it feels like it was 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And we, and we may have talked about this before and I apologize to our listeners that we have, but how fortuitous of us that the subject of our panel at our 10 year anniversary event was how to deal with hard things. <laughs> Little did we know those lessons, I, the biggest, you know, I think both of us took away a great lesson was um, our, how are you managing was something that Rachel Miller, who was one of our panelists spoke about, you know, instead of saying, Hey, how are you doing during hard times? Cause we're not doing well. How are you managing and how are you managing today? And that was something I took away and something that kind of carried me through this whole entire year is how are you managing? <laughs> yes, we are sure. managing. We are we are managing. That like kind of acknowledges that you're not doing great. Maybe you know under the circumstances you can't be doing great. But but you know how are you how are you uh, managing the controllables? How are you controlling the controllables? So Lisa, how are you managing? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. Uh, you know this this I don't know. I feel like. Um, I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if it's just everything that's going on in life, like, you know, busyness. And, um, you know, it's funny. It's a kind of ironic that we're busy, even though we're in a pandemic and we're still not at full speed where we were a year ago. But I feel like in some ways it's even harder to um, to navigate. Um, you know, my kids are back in school, in virtual school. Um, so I'm driving to and from school pretty much every day, which has taken up a lot of time. And um, you know, work has been really busy. I just had a really big work project due for the work, the non-running work that I do. Um, just things seem to be very, um, a little bit chaotic again. And, and again, the weather hasn't been great. So that's thrown a wrench in, in plans and, um, and just made things more challenging. So I don't know, this, this week has been, been tough. What about you? I've noticed. Okay. First of all, I have to interrupt. This happens every single time. Every time we start recording, guess what just happened? Guess, guess what? Cooper. Cooper, he rings the bell to go outside. So excuse me for one moment. Okay. <laughs> I think Aaron should leave this in. This is he like literally, he, he literally for knows. such a smart doggy. 
Could yeah, like podcast on ding 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 ding. ding. Have exactly. love. <laughs> oh no, no, Buster! Now Buster hears that we're talking about Cooper. <laughs> what you want to come up here? You want to come want to come film with us? Come on up. Here we go. Buster needs to sit. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. So now that we've talked about our therapy dogs, um, you know, I have found that this week has really been a downer. I think for a lot of our clients, including myself, and I just, as I just learned you, the weather has really uh, caused our mood, dampened our spirits. Uh, it's been snowing, but not enough to really have a meaningful snowstorm to play in. Uh, yet it's meaningful enough that we have to sort of calculate when to get out and run and the sun hasn't been shining as much. And these are not first world problems by any means, but it's it just the weight of being in month almost 12 of this, plus this the winter weather has really uh, dampened my spirits. Um, so, but at the same time, I feel guilty when I say that because like I'm healthy and I'm working and my family's healthy. And so I, I feel guilty when I am lamenting about this, but it's just honest. I, I'm definitely feeling pandemic blues this week. And so I learned a new phrase a couple weeks ago that I'll share. I cannot remember the source. I wish I could credit the person, but it's pandemic fine. So how are you managing? I'm pandemic fine. <laughs> so it's, it's just perspective. It's all in the like context. It's in context of you know, where, where are we right now? And yes, absolutely. Pandemic, fine, healthy jobs, um, enjoying what we do really like, yeah. it's, great. it's just kind of been one of those weeks or a couple of weeks where it just feels like, and you know, you were saying something about, you know, the, with the weather and having to figure out when we get out from, there's not a lot of people outside. Like, I feel like when the weather's nicer and you see people outside, even if it's from a distance and you feel like you can get outside and get that fresh air and it feels good versus having to bundle up and it's cold and you want to get back inside that it, there's a big difference there. So yeah, it's just been, it's been, uh, it's, it's been pandemic fine. <laughs> you like that? I do. I really like that. So truly what has given me life is um, when I'm, I'm busy, I definitely thrive more. And I don't mean busy like uh, stressful busy. I mean busy like working on projects that inspire me and get me excited. And so I've said this before, but being able to talk with you once a week and interview guests on our podcast is just as much <laughs> a gift to me as I hope it is for our listeners. I, I just get a lot of joy out of doing this with you. And it has definitely been a bright spot in my week every week. So thank you. Thank and you. It, you know, it, it puts rhythm to the week too. When a lot of times we lose track of what day it is or what's going on, we know that it's, you know, it's Thursday. So it's, it's podcast day, um, which is typically the day we record. So it, it, that definitely helps. Can I ask you a question? I'm just curious. What are your other markers of the week that have given you rhythms? Well, now the kids are in school. So like, you know, I know, but it's interesting because my kids are in school on different days. So some days it's one kid who's in school. So and sometimes I have to remind myself who's in school and who's not in school and what time because the times are different for pickup every day too. So um, uh, <laughs> sadly, the other other marker of my of my pandemic week right now is um, vaccine distribution dates that go up, like where we've heard, well, we've heard, we've heard like anecdotally, like vaccine spots go up on the websites for appointments on Thursdays at 9 p.m. So on Thursday, that 
I'm, I'm trying to help my, my parents get, um, and they don't really need help. They're very tech savvy and they can do it themselves, but it helps to have some more people like, you know, trying to get um, some of these very uh, hard to get vaccine spots. So I know that Mondays, you know, giant putzers up on Mondays and um, Thursdays is, uh, you know, is another hospital. So I sort of mark my week by that as well. So that's as, as sad as that sounds, that's, that's my pandemic fine. That's actually not sad at all. It's, it's, I'm sure very relatable. Everyone is, I feel like is negotiating how to get vaccines to their parents. I know my sisters and I all simultaneously got online last month for Florida vaccinations. And, you know, basically right before 5 a.m., we all pressed things. <laughs> and and one of us, it was it was my sister Jen, was able to get through and get her an appointment. But yeah, I mean, what you're doing, I think, resonates with so many. It's ridiculous that it's like getting concert tickets when concerts once existed, um, but not just concert tickets, like backstage passes for concert tickets. That's what it feels like. Yeah, it's it's a little bit crazy. I was reading an article from The Atlantic that actually used Montgomery County, Maryland, where we are as an example of how bad it is. And it was, um, it likened it to like Soviet era, um, you know, trying to rations and, and trying to to get um public services and it was it's 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 you know i i get it it's it's a really challenging situation we have a limited number of vaccines we have everybody who wants to get vaccinated we have priority groups and it's it's hard it's decentralized it's confusing lots of rumors lots of you know oh quick press this do this and um, you know, wild goose chases, and it, it's it's really um, it's really frustrating. And and you know, I don't even I think about like us, like as healthy younger people. I don't know when we're even going to have you know a shot. And when we do, when it opens to the to to broader groups, like like how how it's going to even if it's this bad right now. Um, yeah, it's it's anyway. So that's how that's how I've been marking my week, which is really really sad. But um, yeah, so anyway. Well, speaking of um, marking our weeks and vaccines, I think we've talked about this so much, but, you know, that's something we can't control, but we can control the controllables. So um, we haven't talked about our own running in a little bit, but I'm just curious to hear from you. How is your running going in, in terms of controlling the controllables? You are, continue to do things to keep yourself healthy mentally and physically. So what have you been up to and what's your routine look like? Um, you know, mine really is just survive right now, to be honest with you. And just, um, when I can get out, I get out, um, very slow. Like, I feel like it's more just, um, kind of get out to move. And, um, I really keep hoping that when races come back and when I have to run faster, it's still there somewhere, but, um, really it's, um, I don't know. I feel like, and we're going to talk about this today, but I feel like I'm in a, in a really long, like year long plateau of just like, you know, just, just a status quo and just hanging on. So really it's more my, um, my chance to get out and get fresh air during the day. And that's, that's pretty much it. And then you're also doing your Zwift workouts, which you, right. you really have enjoyed. Yeah. You know, actually, and we'll talk about that a little bit today too, with, um, you know, relating that to our running routines, but, um, that's been actually something I've enjoyed. I, mean, I, I always enjoy the running, but, um, the Zwift has been where I put more of my, um, kind of my my focus in terms of training it, it, whereas running is more of like a get out get fresh air have some time to think um Zwift has been more um more uh strategic 
So that makes sense as to why you might feel flat on your runs in addition to just the mood. Your your specificity in your training is based more right now on your indoor cycling efforts cycling. Um, yep. rather than your than your running. So that makes sense. And you're also getting outside to cycle occasionally still too when it's warmer. No, I mean, haven't in a long time, but yeah, we will. And I don't think we will until, I mean, you know, we don't have any snow or ice on the ground. It's, it's gotta be above 50 for me to get outside to cycle. So yeah. Okay. What about you? So, um, similarly I'm integrating, combining, uh, indoor cycling and running and strength training. And typically I try to cycle three days a week and run three to four days a week and have one rest day. So someone may ask why, what do you mean three to four days a week cycle three, four? So one day I'll do a shorter run in a, in a cycle and that way I can have a full rest day. Um, on my rest days though, I've been doing a lot more walking. I have found that if I don't move at all on a rest day, I just feel worse. I feel like the tin man the next day. So it's real or tin woman. So it's, important for me, I think, because I'm doing more sitting, I'm not commuting to work right now or anything. So um, I really need to make a mindful effort to move and to do that. Even on rest days, I need to walk more. Um, I'm also doing strength training. Uh, I still don't love it, but I'm forcing myself to do it. And I do uh, a lot of Kelly Redmond's classes because they're efficient, even though I have the Peloton app and it has great classes. There's something about Kelly's classes where I kind of know she's taking care of the runner like me who needs very specific single leg mobility, strength training work um, for long distance. I know that when I'm doing one of her workouts, she's thought that through and she's keeping me in mind. So that's why I am loyal to her in doing those during this time that we've been home and not able to go to the gym. So um, they're great workouts and I'm, I'm used to them. So that's what I've been doing. But um, as far as my running, my, I just do it for mental health. I run miles. Uh, I'll do some pickups just because I get bored, but generally um, like you, my, my pace is slower than what I normally would run, but I, I don't worry about it because I also recognize that there's a lot going on. And if I were my own coach, I would look at my numbers and say, you're, you're getting out, you've got time on your feet and you're fit. It's just your body is dictating your pace. So I think we'll discuss this more a little bit, but I think uh, I have definitely checked my ego a long, long time ago. And I recognize, and I know you do too, that my training paces are not at all a reflection of my ability to run successfully once races return. Yeah. And we both have agreed in the past that the cold weather too, like, I just don't feel like I move as smoothly. Um, I, I can't run as fast in, in the cold weather. So, and, and I think, um, I mean, I've always run by myself, but running, uh, by yourself, I was talking to one of our runners yesterday who was saying, um, she had a running buddy that she runs with that was pacing her on tempo runs. And I said, I, I need somebody like that because I run by myself. I don't have any motivation to run faster. I don't have anybody, you know, it's just, I feel like, um, you know, when you run by yourself, it's easy just to zone out and just kind of settle into your own, um, whatever that is for that day that feels good. And like you said, check, check my ego a long time ago too. It doesn't, you know, I know that it's not a reflection and of, of my, I hope it's not a reflection of my fitness, but, um, but yeah, so I think that's important too, is that the cold weather, I keep telling myself once it gets mild again, like I'll probably feel better on my runs. So, but speaking of Kelly, you were talking about Kelly Redmond and speaking of Kelly, we should mention quickly that part two of our running through menopause uh, webinar is coming up on uh, 
Sunday, February 28th uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, we've got over 200 people registered already. So if you haven't registered yet, it's free. The registration link is on our website, runfartherandfaster.com. And um, we will send out the Zoom link as it gets closer to all of those who are registered. Yeah, so um, the other thing we wanted to talk about before we get into the meat and potatoes of our podcast is we just wanted to throw out there for our listeners, feel free to email us at julianlisa at runfartherandfaster.com if you have some suggestions for future guests. We have always have a great lineup uh, but sometimes we feel like we might be missing some outstanding guests out there just because we may not know of them. And just because somebody doesn't have a prolific uh, social media presence certainly doesn't mean that they don't have a great story. So if you know someone who you think would um, want their story shared, please reach out to us. We always welcome suggestions. So the meat and potatoes of our episode today, we do not have a guest today. It's been a while since we have done our own coaching episode. So we thought that we would do that today. And we wanted to provide our listeners based on what we just discussed and the fact that we have gotten a ton of correspondence from our own runners this week. In fact, this month, just about feeling a, a little bit like they're in a funk. And so we wanted to provide our 10 tips for getting out of a running plateau to run farther and faster. Get it? Yeah, and we should clarify that. So there's, I, I would kind of distinguish between a funk and a plateau because a plateau we feel like is kind of a flat line um, in between spikes and plateaus are normal. It, it's normal to plateau in your training. You're not always on an upward trajectory. So you should have a plateau and even maybe a little dip before you um, before you jump back up again in a plateau. And again, maybe a little dip before you jump back up again. So um, I think what we're kind of, um, talking about is for those people who feel like they're bored with the routine or they're um, in a, like you said, kind of in a, in a funk or not, not motivated or not feeling that uh, we get a lot of runners who say like, I'm just, I just want to stay in bed today. Like I don't feel, I don't have that like motivation to get up or, or I feel like I'm doing the same, you know, the, the same thing over and it's hard. We don't have races to break it up. So, um, you know, I think, uh, again, plateaus are normal and that's okay to plateau. And what we're talking about is how to kind of mix up your training to A, give you both the mental motivation and the physical stimulus necessary to um, kind of get out of that uh, feeling of, of, of monotony. Well said. And I think it's important to note that those who have talked to us about this, it's runners of all levels. It's not just newer runners who aren't necessarily in the routine of needing to run frequently. It's Seasons runner, season runners who've been running for years. I think everyone's impacted differently at different times, but we know anyone listening knows what we're talking about. And if you aren't in this position right now, wonderful. But if you are, we hope that you find our suggestions helpful. So the first is um, sort of what you just spoke of, Lisa, and that is it's important that we acknowledge where we are right now. And instead of looking at that as a weakness, look at it as an opportunity. So for example, if you are in a situation right now where you're running a lot less mileage than this time last year. Instead of comparing yourself to last year and lamenting about it, instead look at it as an opportunity and say, well, I can only go up from here. And conversely, if you're fit right now and you're feeling really good, rather than lamenting, I wish there were races because I'm in really good shape right now, instead look at it as an exciting time to make some additional gains rather than frustration. There's no reason why you can't go out and do a time trial. There's no reason why you can't 
develop a course and run a 5K course or use an old 5K or 10K course and compare your time or run a mile today and then in six weeks run another mile and compare. There are gains that you can make and you don't need the external motivation necessarily of a race to do that. Yeah, I think that's a great point is really that first is that to start with perspective and and that's that's a really um, that's really important to the mental kind of the mental approach to this. Um, the second tip that we have in any time you want your body or your, really your mind to change, um, you have to add some sort of stimulus. So that that's true with any um, anyone who's ever started uh, an exercise program knows or maybe changed up their exercise program. Like you know if you were a runner and you switched to cycling. And all of a sudden you're feeling these fitness gains because your body has been had a different type of, of stimulus. So we would recommend, you know, if let's say you're looking at your training right now and you're just like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I want something to, to help me move along, but I just don't know what to do. Add one different stimulus. So that stimulus could be more mileage so that runner you're talking about who's looking at last year and saying, wow, my mileage is so much lower than it was at this time last year. Okay. Maybe your stimulus is adding carefully some more mileage. Maybe if you're already just running like me, you know, I'm just running kind of steady mileage throughout the week. Maybe you added some intensity and that again, very gradually once a week, adding, adding something in, or maybe you mix it up and you add in some cross training. So you do something different. Um, maybe you focus on, you know, on, on some different type of movement, but in any case, what it should be is a different type of stimulus. So a diet, a Identify one type of stimulus that sounds kind of exciting to you. Like maybe it doesn't sound exciting to um, to do some cross training. You're just not interested in that. Okay, so but maybe you you decide to add in a little bit one day a week. You add in some faster running, and that's or some hills, or something, some type of stimulus that's different. Number three is specific to number two, but it's something we believe everyone can do. Low risk of injury high yield risk, I'm sorry, high um, reward. And that is adding in strides. Strides, of course, are 20 seconds of fast running with good form. So a stride is something you can do at the end of a run. If you don't want to do it at the very end of your run, you can even do it in the middle of your run. You can do it early in your run after a, a meaningful warm up. But a stride is where you run fast, not top speed, but fast where it's a hard effort, but you're focusing on your form for 20 seconds. And then you recover by running slowly. Or if you're a newer runner, you can walk briskly to keep your heart rate or maintain your heart rate a little bit and then resume and repeat. And we generally recommend starting out with about four, moving up to six. And we have this in our, all of our runner schedules, um, typically once a week, sometimes twice a week. And it's a great way to drill in good form and also just remind your body how to run fast. And it's a really easy thing to do. And it really does make a difference. Yep. And it's manageable. It's not intimidating. It's 20 seconds. Anybody can do 20 seconds of fast running without focus on good form. We would recommend doing it on flat roads. So don't do it while you're going downhill or while you're going uphill, um, especially to start. So just strides should be just again, that focus on good form, relaxed, high cadence. When you run fast for 20 seconds, you automatically fall into good, efficient form. So it is a type of drill. And like you said, it's something just, um, you know, it's, it's anybody can add in four times 20 seconds toward the end of the run. And that leads us to number four, which is adding in running drills. Um, so take this time now, that stimulus we talked about, maybe that stimulus is neuromuscular and that is running drills. So 
um, five minutes of running drills before you start your run doubles as a great dynamic warm up. And it's also activating the muscles and creating those neuromuscular connections that you want for good running form. So maybe it's some high knees, some butt kicks, karaoke, 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 what do we call it? Karaoke, <laughs> the side, <laughs> karaoke. Um, karaoke is something different. Um, and, uh, you know, just you can even Google um, dynamic running drills and, and find some to add in um, and focus on that neuromuscular stimulus. Yeah, one of the drills, if you are someone that you don't want to necessarily do running specific drills because it's just too overwhelming to have them. We have drills in our runner schedules a lot, but for some of our runners, just you have a jump rope, even just some jump roping. That's a great drill that you can do that mimics a high cadence. And also jump roping is another stimulus, like you mentioned earlier. So that's, that's a great sort of drill and stimulus that you can add into your workout. So number five is change up your pace. So First is, and we've talked about this, we've talked about this a lot. It's really important to focus on what is your easy pace. And your easy pace is not the pace that you think you should be running based on a calculator. Your easy pace is a pace during which you can talk and run easily at the same time. It's a pace that you should be running that day during which you can talk and run at the same time. What we mean by that, of course, is that on some days you may have had a lot of sleep, your nutrition may be on point and your easy pace just flows and it's faster one day. On another day, you may be exhausted from a restless night of sleep. Maybe you had a little bit of birthday cake the night before for dinner instead of a regular dinner and you went out for your morning run and you're just not feeling it because oh, of the sugar Oh, birthday cake powers me. <laughs> That's not <laughs> don't, don't, don't yuck my yum. <laughs> All right. How about birthday cake and a I couple glasses of wine? How's wine. that? Yes, the wine. <laughs> the wine will definitely slow you down. <laughs> so whatever your reasons for, for different factors, sometimes your easy pace will vary. And that doesn't mean that your e easy pace is bad or good. It just means that's what your pace is that day. I hate this phrase, but it, it's true. It is what it is. So on that day, it's your pace during which you can talk and run at the same time. Slow it down. Because we promise you, if you're running the correct easy pace, you are going to get faster. Yeah, let and me just add one thing about that slowing it down and why that's so important, especially as we get older. Um, we are your your goal in your easy runs is developing your aerobic system, and that is going to happen anywhere in your aerobic zone, right? So you could you your goal is to go out and accomplish that goal for the least cost to your body possible. So if you go out and you run it at the top of your aerobic zone or even you know, as you cross that threshold into anaerobic, A, you're not developing your aerobic system. Um, even if you're at the top of your aerobic zone, you're doing this, the same, you're getting the same physiological um, adaptations as you would if you ran at the bottom of the aerobic zone. But at the bottom of the aerobic zone, you're getting less impact, you're getting less strain on your body. So why wouldn't you want to get the same benefits for less cost to your body. So that's, and when we're talking about kind of getting out of a plateau, a lot of people are stuck in that running in the kind of no man's land, that kind of between aerobic and anaerobic and, um, and putting too much wear on their body for not as much benefit to the aerobic system. So if you slow down your long runs, you're gonna feel a lot better after, you're gonna be able to recover more quickly and you're getting the same benefits. So that's why we talk about um, you know getting out of a plateau by changing that that training pace and slowing it down. That sounds counterintuitive to slow it down, but that's actually giving your body more of a chance to recover. You're putting less wear and tear on your body for the same benefits. And similarly to that, 
um, while we're still in this subject, adding a rest day also is another stimulus. So if you're finding that you're doing all these things and you're nodding along and saying, well, I'm running my easy runs really easy and I'm still feeling really tired, then maybe your body's telling you that you need another rest day. And that doesn't mean you have to take another rest day every week. Maybe if you're someone where you absolutely hate rest days and you, you really want to keep moving in some way, don't call it a rest day, <laughs> call it a walking day, whatever you want to call it. Or maybe have a true rest day every other week, which a lot of people do instead of every week. But that is another stimulus you can change. And similarly on the subject of pacing, another way you can change your pace besides making sure you're running your easy runs easy enough is you can add some surges to your long run just like strides that we mentioned a moment ago surges are a way that you can add some fast running into a long run first of all it breaks up the boredom and secondly it's pretty harmless so you can start for example with 30 to 60 seconds of fast running with good form every mile during the last five miles of a long run and work from there. So you're not really doing speed work in your long run, but you're doing something where you're drilling in some good form when your legs are tired on a long run and you're doing it to remind your body and your mind to connect like, hey, I can run fast even at the end of a race. So it's a way to do it. You're not putting in a lot of speed work within the long run because generally, especially if you're newer to running, you don't want to do a lot of tempo within your long run quite yet. But doing 30 to 60 minutes, seconds of fast running within a long run every mile or so is is really a fun way to break it up and it will add another stimulus yeah the fartlek run we call them fartlek it's just a funny word for unstructured speed play so you can do that like you know number of houses or streets or to a stop sign or something like that but like you said just add in that that additional stimulus and you had touched on um you know taking a rest day um and and you can even um maybe look at it as a mobility day. And that's our next kind of next point is to um, shift that focus to strength and mobility. And mobility is something that we really started to emphasize recently with the help of Kelly Redmond, who's given us some mobility routines to do with our runners and every single one of our runners and ourselves when we do it, say, um, this is helping me from feeling like the tin man <laughs> or tin woman, um, because that mobility is really important. And it's something that we tend to ignore and if you're just feeling flat or you're feeling like something is just missing and you're not progressing or you're not feeling so great on your runs anymore maybe try adding some mobility or strength um, to your runs again another stimulus another change but the mobility can really be done for the most part on a rest day it's not um, overly um, taxing you know you have to try it out and see how, how you feel after it but that if, if you're somebody who really just doesn't like to to say I'm taking a rest day so maybe it's a mobility day and really look into um, mobility training it's really improving your range of motion so it's sort of like um, a combination of light strength and stretching dynamic stretching um, so um, you know focus on that maybe for a month and shift instead of doing four days a week of running or five days a week of running maybe it's three or four and you're doing two or three days with this focus on mobility and strength and and then um you know after a month I gradually add that running back in and see how you feel you may find that all of a sudden you're feeling much better with your runs because you took that time to focus on the strength and mobility yeah and similarly for number seven cross training just like you mentioned if you're finding that you're a little burnt out from running, shift your focus. Make running your secondary sport for a month and, and, and use your cross training as your primary sport. So if you're someone who, you know, we're in the winter months, sometimes it's 
harder to find cross-training options if you don't have, for example, an indoor cycling option or elliptical option in your house. But you know, anyone can get a jump rope. Anyone can pull up videos on YouTube. Anyone, um, I know that there are lots of free apps out there and relatively inexpensive apps that have a lot of workouts. Focus on your cross training, which can include strength training, but we always reference cross training as training that emulates running, but is lower impact. So swimming, cycling, um, elliptical are all examples of cross training, but you can have those, those classes, those hit workouts and things like that, that implement both cross training and strength training and try for a month to, instead of looking at those classes as sort of ancillary to your running, use those as sort of your primary form of exercise and use your running as something to complement those. And first of all, you'll get a little bit of a break from thinking about your running so much, especially if you're a little bit frustrated. And secondly, you'll make some gains in different areas that you wouldn't have otherwise, because you're focusing on that as your specific sport. Yeah, I think the only um, caveat to that would be that, like you said, you have to shift the focus and that means shifting the volume. Because if you're trying to add something like cycling, like let's say you have, an, and cycling, you can get an indoor trainer. It's very easy to hook up. Um, if you've got any kind of bike, you can hook it up to an indoor trainer. So that's pretty easy to do, even if you don't have a kind of a fancier, uh, you know, indoor indoor um, bike, a stationary bike. Um, but you have to make sure that if you're in like, like, like for me personally, like if I do Zwift and I'm doing harder, higher intensity workouts, I know I'm not going to be doing a lot of long runs um, because it's just too much. So you don't want to end up focusing on that cross training and then ending up fatiguing yourself later, you know, a month down the road, say like, oh, well, I just added all of that hit those hit workouts. And I was trying to run a lot and now I'm worn down. You want it to um, provide that stimulus to develop your, you know, different systems and different muscles and different, um, you know, different movements, lateral movements, different strengths without wearing yourself down. So that's the only caveat um, that we'd, we'd add. Number eight is, I, I think has been for me really important during the pandemic is changing up the time or the route of your run. I typically was somebody who ran at the same time of day, the same route every day, like you know, my kids even think they're like, you're so crazy. You do the same, you do the same route and you do the same time. It looks so boring. Um, and during the pandemic, I've been forced to, or I've had the privilege and, you know, the ability to do this, but also in with our weather and different schedules, sometimes I've just had to, you know, run at different times a day or different routes. And I found that it's great. And it really kind of reinvigorated me. And I felt much better on a kind of a different route or at a different time of day. So if you're somebody who feels like, you know, I had to wake up every morning and I've got to go for my run at 6 a.m. and this is the route that I do, maybe you switch your run and try an, an, a lunchtime run or try an afternoon run or you try a different route or you look up a different, you know, find out what, what routes your neighbors and your friends are doing and go try something different if your schedule permits really helps break up that monotony and also um, challenges both your mind and your body. And one theme underlying everything that we've been talking about is this um, kind of this changing the stimulus. And sometimes to do that, it's hard for you to do that yourself and to look at your own um, schedule and training and to do that yourself. So having somebody else look at your schedule can be really helpful to mixing things up and providing that stimulus and, um, and, and trying something different. So um, getting a coach. You know, that's, that's what we are here for is that's what we do for our runners. And that's why a lot of runners come to us is that they've been doing their own thing for a while and they just can't, you know, can't 
look from the outside and see what um, what needs to be what they need to do. And sometimes when they come to us, that is you need to rest more. You need you know you're running every day. We need to like cut that back and then change. Um, you know some of your runs need to be longer, some need to be shorter, some easier, some harder. So that could be the change that that a coach um, encourages you um, to make. It could be um, adding some strength training and adding some 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 mobility work something that you hadn't thought of before. So, so really an investment in a coach um, can be really helpful to, to get out of that, that kind of the, the rut that you might feel like you're in the monotony or, or, to, or to see those changes and to, to get that stimulus. Um, and having the accountability too is really, um, we've found for our runners, something that, that really helps people feel like they're making progress. Yeah, good point. So number 10 is something that this week is extra appropriate, and that is have gratitude. And as much as these are hard times, um, being grateful for the opportunity to get out and do something that you love, even on a tough day, is instrumental in being able to maintain an appreciation for running and being able to get out there and run. And it's especially appropriate this week because this week we lost one of the most enthusiastic runners in our community, Fred Trachtman. Fred is a member of the Montgomery County Roadrunners Club and found running later in life after his retirement. And in his second marathon, he qualified for Boston and he never got to run Boston because of all of, of course, the cancellations. And unfortunately, uh, Fred was diagnosed just a few months ago with pancreatic cancer and he passed away this week. And it's a tragic story. But what brings, I think, so many people I hope in his family and among his friends comfort is knowing that he was a very joyful, joyful man, particularly at the end of his life, because he found something late in life that he enjoyed tremendously. Um, I had the opportunity to run with Fred sometimes on Thursday mornings at 530 in the morning, and he was always so enthusiastic, so boisterous, and just so happy to just be out there running. And he was a really talented runner to boot, but I think his secret sauce, honestly, was his gratitude and his joy and just his exuberance for having the ability to do something he loved any time of day with friends. And um, he will be missed by our running community, but his presence will continue to remind us that it's important to appreciate our health and it's important to appreciate that we all have something that we love to do. It's a hobby for all of us and how lucky are we that we have been able to continue to do this hobby even in these hard times in 2020 and 2021. So on that note, those are our top 10 tips for being able to get yourself out of a funk, plateau, whatever you want to call it, to run farther and faster. And we so appreciate everyone listening if you've listened this far already. And um, again, if you have any suggestions for guests, send them our way. And Please share our podcast with others. Our podcast continues to grow thanks to you. All you have to do is subscribe and share it with others for them to subscribe. And if you haven't already, please do not hesitate to leave us a review, which also helps others find us. So we have a great guest coming on next week. And until then, Lisa, I hope you have a great week. Thanks, Julie. You too. Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners. Are you enjoying our podcasts and coaching advice? Do you feel like some guidance and accountability could help you stay motivated and focused during these uncertain pandemic times? 
We love connecting with our listeners and collaborating to make training work for your goals, your life, your personality. As a thank you for listening to our podcast, we want to offer any new clients $20 off the first month of coaching, which is normally $150. Email us at Julie and Lisa at runfartherandfaster.com to set up a time to connect over the phone to learn more. And be sure to mention this special offer as one of our loyal listeners. Thank you so much for listening to the Run Farther and Faster Boston Marathon podcast. We want to give a special thanks to our editor, Aaron Bryan. And if you enjoyed this episode and enjoy listening to our podcast, please share it with others and please leave a review if you haven't done so already on iTunes. Thanks for listening and have a great week.